Hello and welcome to the Women in Safety podcast, a place of conversations to empower and inspire you to transform your career. I'm your host, Alana Ball, and we're here today to cut through some of the BS of health and safety. I want to be real, authentic, and most of all, think critically about what we learn, what we hear, and how we experience things in our journey. I want you to take this time for yourself. Reconnect with your passion, reconnect with your career, and join us as we grow together. So settle in and see where this episode transforms you. Good morning. Hello. Welcome to the Women in Safety podcast. We are joined for another topic Tuesday, having a conversation about things we find, see here, and joined again with Chandra Clements. Hi, Chandra. How are you, Alana? Another beautiful day out there? It's a warm day out there. Mm. Um, Yes. So... As always, the article that we're chatting about, I'll pop in the show notes. Uh, So if you want to go and have a read, by all means, you can. But there was an article recently released um, by, actually, Chandra, do you know that it was released in 2015? There you go. That could answer some of our questions. Yes. Uh, But the Harvard Business Review put out an an article around, it says, the research is clear, long hours backfire for people and for companies. And I said to Chandra before we jumped on this call, we didn't need research to tell us that. And I think, dare I say, the date probably tells us a little bit about, you know, some of the shift that's happened since this article. Yeah, indeed. I think 2015 is a little bit different than, you know, effectively 2023. Um, Mm. So... Um, there, there's some changes there, but it, it does open up some good conversations. Some of the analysis lets us, you know, really debate where we're at in terms of this sort of concept. Mm, and we both kind of uh, had the chuckle because the first uh, line of the article says, managers want employees to put in long days, respond to their emails at all hours and willingly donate their off hours, nights, weekends, vacation without complaining. And I think we both said, are we, that's not, necessarily the truth anymore no I think we've we've come some distance from there I think that managers want the work done um, and I think Mm. that how that gets done they're they're quite flexible with and I think that multiple things happening in the the global economy have have triggered that Mm. Um, but also I think there's a a much higher level of awareness of psychological health since this article was written and Mm. even though the article does talk on the psychological component I think managers these days are more aware of the risks of wanting long hours or someone doing long hours than potentially they were in 2015. Mm, And look, I think from a a relevance, you know, as we said, from a a date perspective, a little bit out, but in saying that, I think we only need to look as far as other news articles talking about burnout and that, albeit, you know, managers wanting the long days, uh, I think even if they didn't, we're seeing a lot of that. We're seeing the implications of burnout. We're seeing people that are, you know, working from home, that this work-life balance maybe doesn't exist, that have we actually come any further? Have we actually learned that, you know, long hours doesn't equal productivity and all these kind of things? Well, I wonder to some extent that the point that it makes about technology and enabling us to do the long hours Mm. um, has coupled with this whole virtual business world where we're working from home. Mm. And then you add in that the fact that the families are there as well. I think when you add that, that trifecta together, 
um, I don't think you get a deliberate intention to do the long hours, mm. but I think you get that as a result. Um, and I think being aware of the fact that the technology, the working from home, the virtual environment, the, you know, anyone can be anywhere these days is actually encouraging an uplift in work hours, in my opinion, um, but not deliberately. Yeah. And I think for me, thinking about that, the technology piece and and the work from home piece as well is that, you know, once upon a time you could kind of, uh, and I know for in um, my past work life, be able to kind of go, okay, work's finished. I've got a really 40, 45 minute commute home. Uh, that switch off time as well, before we got home to the family, to checking the emails again, you know, we did, I think there was a, a more conscious space to have that downtime and perhaps with less commuting now that we've got a, a far more, um, you know, acceptance, I guess, of working from home. Has that commute been lost on, you know, we'll just work that extra 45 minutes? Yeah, look, I think it's an important um, it's an important consideration and that's not to say that everyone's working from home. I mean, you know, there's still a lot of people that are still doing that commute. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, the, the likelihood that they're on the phone talking to someone as opposed to, you know, chilling out, um, that balance Mm. I think it's an interesting thing for us to, to consider. Um, one of the things that connects into what you were saying was that the point in this article where they say um, in some cases works, you know, nicer or works easier than, than being at home mm. um, and uh, they sort of say that it's a, a break from the stresses of, of home, I think that's really an interesting point. Uh, um, it grabbed me as one of the, the critical issues in this article because what does that therefore say? about the fact that we're working from home um, mm. and, uh, you know, if if work is um, a, a distraction or escape from the, the hardships of life, when you combine all that together, um, you do have a, a pretty interesting scenario for, for stress and burnout. Um, and which, I, think, you know, I, I think we've seen the direct implication of that, right? You know, we have seen this, what started as this really lovely work from home, work-life balance has become I'm at home I'm working, but I'm also doing the washing, doing the cleaning, cooking dinner in my, you know, five-minute micro breaks that in the office we might have taken as, you know, water cooler, you know, collaboration around the water cooler. And now it's, you know, I'm 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 adding to to my day and and all of a sudden it's like, well, work and home are the two of the same things and there's no delineation anymore. Yeah, I think, you know, the um, this sort of goes back to what we started around that first opening line about whether people want this to happen or whether this is just circumstantial of the situation that we're all finding ourselves in, um, the talent shortage in the market, the, you know, post-COVID um, virtual environments. Um, and also I think, you know, this this component around technology keeps us tapped in 24-7. Um, I think people um, are aware that they need that downtime, but it is very, very difficult when your phone is pinging at you um, mm. all the time. Um, mm. And I think that that you know, that what could it be? Could this be something bad? Could this be something where I'm needed? Mm. Um, you know, is is a real risk for us um, because it's very hard to switch that off and dedicate that 
that you know exclusive downtime so when we are at home and we're you know going for a walk we've typically got the phone with us and it's pinging us and telling us mm. that there's something going on so there's never that switch off um mm. it just keeps going and keeps going um and then if you add that to the to the discussion around you know can people continue with a week or two of 60 hours or you know is that just a, a something we should do intermittently and uh, and then you know, have better work hours. I'm not sure if, again, we can sort of say that people only do a week or two of 60 hours and then consciously decide to down tools and and Mm. go back to 40 hours. I think those people caught up in the 60 hours tend to do it more habitually. Yeah, and, and certainly the article talks to, you know, really diving into that from the psychology, why, excuse me, why do we work those big hours? And it talked about, you know, greed. It talked about having someone that was super ambitious and and they see that their leader might be working those really big hours. So for them to be seen as effective, they're working it that, you know, it's pride. It's, you know, don't want to let the team down. And there's some negatives and some positives that were called out on kind of both sides of those. Why are we doing it? Uh, But then, as it said, the bigger question on does it even work? Uh, but it was interesting that they called out that psychological piece saying there's so many factors as to why someone might, you know, clock up those 60 hours and, as you said, do them habitually uh, versus someone that, you know, just is there for the paycheck. They walk in and we've all worked with them. They walk in at nine, they leave at five, they are easy breezy, you know, they they really don't take on a lot of that stress, uh, so it seems. Well, you know, I think there's an element um, people want to do a good job in, in mm. general. I think they are, you know, committed to the idea of nobody wants to be walking around considered a failure. Mm. Um, and so, you know, we then intrinsically come up with this idea of what does it mean to be successful? Is that that everyone needs me? Is that that I have phone calls at all hours of the night, that no one can make decisions without me? Is success a function of paycheck? Is success a function of hours? Is success mm. a function of which office I've got? Um, and so I think this idea of my own self-worth being tied up as, you know, an identity of work is very real and it always has been. But I think it's more so um, over the years, I think we've, we've really blurred who we are um, within the nation, notion of what role do we have. Um, mm. And that is very much tied up in terms of our levels of importance and status that goes mm. along with how many hours we work. Yeah, and that's and that's what I mean when people... You know, like I, I used to work with someone who did the nine to five. They did their job very well, uh, but the things that they did outside of work were so important and they put those boundaries in place that this was, everyone knew that this particular person, this was their ambition, this was what they wanted to achieve. They did their job well. They closed their book at five. I will be back tomorrow to be as productive as I can because I'm going to go home and do the things that are important to me. And it talks about, um, you know, that, that does the long hours actually equate to productivity? And, and look, you'd have to argue that there'd be some that it would, that there would be some individuals that are productive for X amount of time. But I don't know about you, but I'm not productive for, you know, the eight hours a day that I'm prescribed to do work. Yeah. And look, I think there is... Um, it, not only is that first line questionable in this article, but also that the um, the, the painting of the picture of management in this article, I, mm. I really just want to challenge because one of the things that 
that comes out of this is that statement towards the end of the article where it says um, managers typically can't tell who's doing all the hours and who's pretending to do all the hours. Mm. That's a fairly big statement and, and mm. look, I haven't looked in the research that's that's accompanying this, but um, that really does you know, challenge me a little bit because I do know a lot of very successful, you know, leaders who do have an idea of who's putting in the hours and who who isn't um, and whether it be faked or not. Um, and I think that when you have a tapped-in leader who, you know, can see the signs of of stress and, and someone who is really emotionally connected to their job versus someone, as you said, who walks in and, and switches off, mm. there is an inherent difference in the behaviours mm. of those people mm. and I do think good managers can see that. Um, so I do question some of the, the picture painting in this article about management being a bit you know, naive, bossy, you know, this is how it's got to be. Um, I think it's a very stereotypical picture and I'm not really sure that that's the 2023 leader that we're facing. Mm. Yes, there are pockets of that, certainly, you know, we've all seen it. Um, But, you know, I guess I I would like to question that, you know, some great leaders out there and they do exist do know Mm. the difference between the person who has put in the hard yards and the person who's who's not. Yeah, definitely. But I think it also uh, is that... um, you know, at what point as as leaders do we call out those individuals to be like, you've done the hard yards, you know, at what point will you set your own boundary to be like, you know, there's there's always work to be done. You know, you can work 24 hours today and there'll still be another 24 hours of work to do tomorrow that, you know, where does it fall for the individuals to kind of go, okay, I've got to set a boundary here, leaders setting the boundaries and I guess leading from the top to show that, you know, just because you're at your desk for 12 hours a day doesn't necessarily mean you are productive and coaching them on what that looks like, setting the boundaries, calling it out to be like this behaviour is not not successful and or, you know, from a longevity perspective yeah and you know it does make me laugh because I sort of think back to my life pre-babies and and post-babies and and you know given the nature of of the group that that you run Alana it makes me you know very aware that what I could get done in eight hours pre-children is very different than what I can get done in eight hours now mate give me a 10 minute break between meetings and the house is spotless yeah pre-kids different different story yeah elevates your efficiency but also that that reality check around boundaries I mean you know you and I have had situations where we've had to do this podcast in a certain time because Mm. the kids have got to be picked up or the kids got a vaccination and those Mm. boundaries can't be shifted Mm. Um, and so in the past you and I might have done this pre-kids and Mm. you know let it wax and wane and, and carry on for another hour but these days you and I've got to be in a situation where we're going in and out we've got to get this done and yep. we've got to make sure that those boundaries are respected because there's other people involved and when I look at that it, it does make you really challenge the idea of what is possible um, mm. what we can do in eight hours we probably can do in six and what we can do in six hours we probably can do in four we just have to really push ourselves to say what is the waste and that's one of the things that I think in this article you know where it talks about the fact that 
um, towards the end, there's a, a wonderful summation where it says, you know, we're working extra hours on meaningless tasks. Mm-hmm. Let's focus on the waste. Let's get to mm-hmm. the point where we're going, well, what am I doing that's wasteful? How am I being wasteful? How am I wasting other people's time? And how can I, you know, get this 10-hour workday down to something that looks more like a seven or an eight because and I'm that, going and to be this waste person? And that's what I mean. There's always extra tasks to do tomorrow. Uh, they're never going to stop. Uh, we, you know, we're employed, generally speaking, full-time for a reason because there's full-time work available. You know, it's it's not as though, but it, it is about recognising the efficiencies. It's about calling those efficiencies out, learning from those experiences, you know, managers leading the way on that. You know, I, I certainly have seen managers that, you know, really did see that, um, you know, they're really the, the um the topic of the article as far as they really did see this if you weren't you know I'd schedule a meeting at 6 p.m of the evening and it's like well hang on a minute now certainly no hard no in the past I might have said yes but now it's like no I've got kids that's dinner time that's this that's that uh but when you've got leaders that that's the expectation then you've got this challenge of well hang on a minute will I be seen as not productive I've got to get home so there's this balance of setting the boundary verse oh, well, this leader thinks that to be productive, I've I've got to be in the chair, uh, I think is a real fine balance. Yeah, and we can be our own worst enemy. I think sometimes when we try and predict or preempt what someone else is thinking, mm. we tend to be quite negative um, about that and, you know, we get fearful around saying, well, we can't do this 6 o'clock meeting because we're worried about how that will be perceived. Mm. And when we have strength around our boundaries and when we have strength in our values and say, look, that's not going to fly because I've got children, um, and, you know, I'm available at this point or here are the options, I think people in general tolerate that very well, but it's our own fear mm. of being a failure. It's our own fear of the perceptions of others that comes into play and then we start blurring things and going, okay, we will, when mm. if we went back to, well, maybe that's not what they're thinking and maybe it will be okay and maybe, you know, that old saying about come to me with the solution, not the problem, mm. um, if we can't be there at 6 o'clock at night or we can't do the weekend work, um, how else can we get the work done? Let's be creative. Mm, yeah, and I think it's that um, and I think we've touched on it in previous <laughs> catch-ups where it's that personal value, knowing what you're there to offer, uh, being strong in that set of values, uh, knowing your worth, knowing what you can achieve in that time. Because regardless if it was kids or, or you know, you just want to get to the gym or you're letting down your soccer team on a Thursday night, you know, social thing uh, is being very clear in what you are offering the business and that just because you're not there for the 6 p.m. meeting doesn't mean that you're not there to support the business uh and i agree i think that that um that self-perception is is everything in that um that if you haven't floated the idea then how will you know the outcome yeah you, you, we are our own worst enemy in, in a lot mm-hmm. of cases and we do think that there are boundaries that we can't push or that we shouldn't push um and whenever that word shouldn't or should comes into play i, I really like to give it a bit of a poke and say well how do we know um and who said um and to really look at you know, what is the reality around um, efficiency and effectiveness in the workplace? Can I be effective in six hours versus eight? Can I, you know, have a meeting and run it in 15 minutes as opposed to doing the the traditional hour that we've done for a long Mm. period of time just because that's the norm? Mm. Um, So I think, you know, being brave and being able to really look at waste and, and actually start saying, well, 
you know, what am I doing that, that is meaningless or is, you know, not leading to a greater outcome and how am I actually in control of that um, as opposed to someone else made me do it. And this learned helplessness I think has been a predominant part of how this has actually happened in the past and why this article was written in 2015. Um, let's be braver. Let's be bolder in 2023 and push mm. past that to, to get beyond the learned helplessness and, and really look at, well, what am I in control of? Mm. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I think, you know, when we think about the psychological piece that's obviously on every radar in, in Australian businesses, let alone the world, is some of that helplessness. It's about, you know, how are we bringing our whole selves to work, which entails communicating where those boundaries sit, communicating that, hey, maybe I didn't sleep that well last night because of kids or because of sickness or whatever it might be, is that if we can't bring our whole self to work with everything that happens in our life from a psychological risk perspective, you know, oh, well, I'm just expected to work these hours. We're not robots. Uh, we we have to be able to unplug. We have to be able to communicate what our needs are as a human. Uh, I think we'll become certainly a topic uh, in 2023 and beyond. Mm, and, you know, you've touched on a real sensitive issue there that's touched in the article about sleep. Mm. Um, and the importance of sleep deprivation and its its intrinsic link to mistakes. Mm. Um, that's potentially one of our topics we could uh, do for another podcast. Yeah. yeah, This idea of people sort of getting reduced sleep and with all of the complexity of what we've got on in our lives these days, mm. um, the idea that we can survive on five or six hours and still make magic is really given a bit of a shove by this <laughs> article and, and that's an interesting second topic. Yeah, definitely. I, th I think certainly... Um, We'll, we'll come back to that one because I think there's a lot more to be said about it. But I think, in essence, um, I think the research is clear and I think we would have to agree today that long hours backfire people and companies. Uh, and I think, you know, for me, that takeaway would have to be around cutting the waste and how do we look for those efficiencies. I like the, the whole, that concept of, you know, we've always had a 30-minute team meeting. Well, can it be done in 15 you know, just because it's always been one way doesn't mean it has to be into the future. So I, th I think that's a really uh, easy takeaway for our listeners. Yeah, I think, you know, let's be brave. Um, let's be mm. innovative. Let's be brave. And let's not second guess what other people will think mm. if we reduce the work hours down to something more manageable. Mm. Yeah, setting our boundaries. Well, as always, Chandra, a wonderful chat. We're not all right. We're not wrong. We're just here to have a thought and have a catch up and, and have a think about things a little bit differently. So thank you yet again for another great chat. Anyone would think we love to talk, Alana. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I don't know where they would get that idea, but I think they might get the theme soon. <laughs> I'll catch nice you later. Talk to you again. Wow, what an episode. If you loved today's episode just as much as I did, we'd love to hear your feedback or even better, share it with your friends, your colleagues and other safety sisters or safety misters so they too feel empowered and inspired. We will catch you for another conversation next time and we hope in the meantime you start implementing some things to transform your career.